This is Darren Davis, founder and senior leader of the Harbor Church in South Florida, and you are listening to the Harbor Church Podcast. For more information about this podcast and others, visit us online at harborchurch.org. Enjoy the podcast. Good morning, everybody. Good to be with you again. Excited to jump into the Word of the Lord this morning as we explore this concept of of brand new beginnings. But today's going to be, I think, very relevant to where we find ourselves, at least where I found myself as I was diving into the Word of the Lord. And hopefully this will help you because we're going to tiptoe a little bit into uh, some of the providence and sovereignty of God as it relates to um, even as believers, our intersection with evil in the world. That's a very deep, profound theological concept with maybe, maybe one Sunday we'll just take a whole, whole time of teaching and, and, and look at that very carefully. But what I want to primarily focus on today as we are, are going into this message is the power of the Word of God. And, you know, we may not be fully or feel fully equipped on how to, to, to adequately study and know the Word of God. That's going to be some focus that we're going to be really taking as we, as we move forward as a church that, that God's just been highlighting to me, making sure that every single person in our body um, is equipped to study the Word for themselves. But as we, as we do and we come into an understanding of God's will, and we begin to um, believe, not just intellectually, yes, it starts there, but, but ultimately deep down on the inside of our hearts. It helps us to navigate um, very difficult moments that all of us at, at various times in our life are going to walk through. And it's really where this battlefield of the mind takes place. And so I want to show you um, an example of Jesus walking through something very similar, actually voluntarily submitting himself um, to this uh, experience, I think, to show us um, what's possible for us as his followers who now carry him on the inside. Because Christ in us is what is the hope of the, of the glory of God for the entire world. So I want you to look with me, Matthew chapter 1, uh, sorry, chapter 4, verses 1 through 2. I just want to read these, and I'm just going to give context for where we're going to jump off this morning. But it says, Then Jesus was led by the Spirit into the wilderness to be tempted there by the devil. Now the word could be translated tested. Um, ultimately, it means to be proven. So it's not necessarily, and we think of this often through our our lenses, it's not a pass-fail test, it's actually to prove to us, to ourselves, to our own hearts, and ultimately to the world, um, whose we are, and actually what we carry. Something that's actually otherworldly, that's bigger than than ourselves, our own abilities, our own power, um, our own strength, our own capacity. When we go into wilderness seasons and there's a testing that comes, there's actually this proving that we are called actually to manifest in that moment, which is exactly what Jesus does. And so he amplifies um, this voluntary weakness that he enters into uh, to the max. It says that in verse 2 that for 40 days and 40 nights he fasted and became very hungry. And the reason was is that he didn't not only eat any food for 40 days, but he didn't even drink any water. 
So that in and of itself, I mean, you can survive without food for 40 days, but water typically you can't even survive for more than several days if you don't have it. So we see Jesus, you know, submitting himself to to the space of voluntary weakness where he then is tempted or tested. And uh, I want to take a look at what happens in that encounter because I think it's very important for us to be able to see and then extract the principles that I believe God wants us to learn from this as we dive into the word of the Lord. So I don't know if you've ever fasted food. It's, it's one example of putting ourselves out there in, voluntarily into a space of weakness so that we're, you know, the Bible says that in, in, in our weakness, his power is actually perfected. And I don't think that means we have to subject ourselves to become weak for that power to be perfected. It just means that we're not going to rely on our own strength. But he voluntarily submitted himself into that space and um, fasted for 40 days. So it's one measure of entering into voluntary weakness for the sake of, of greater connection, you know, in prayer and fasting, we have a beautiful prayer and fasting guide under our prayer ministry information on our mobile app. I think it's on the website as well. I encourage you to check that out so that you can get a proper perspective on where we're coming from when we actually do pray and fast, which we're actually in a season of that right now over the course of the summer. We felt the Lord leading us into that space. But when I was... Um, taking a trip to India. I think it was 2003. It was a very difficult, um, dangerous time, actually, to be going over to that nation. There had been a lot of persecution um, of Christians, um, you know, targeted, and churches were burnt down. There was actually some pastors who lost their lives. There was actually an Australian missionary and his two sons um, who were doing good work for the people, just helping the poor, feeding the poor. They were burned alive in their jeep. Uh, very tragic, very intense. And, and I was going over on that trip and I asked the Lord, am I supposed to go? And he said, you're, you're supposed to go. You're not supposed to cancel your trip, but you need some people to pray and fast for you. So my brother, um, God bless him. He, he, he was, he, he so just wanted to make sure I was okay. And so he said, Darren, I'm, I'm not going to eat anything. You know, he's, I think he said for the, the whole time I was over there in India and he ended up making it, I think two days and I don't know if, again, the first three days of any fast, especially if you cut out food altogether, are brutal. And so my brother got two days in, and he didn't tell me this until after I came back from India. I think he felt so, so condemned. Um, but he, he, have you ever seen those massive bags of Swedish fish that you can get at Target or wherever? I think they're like four pounds. He ate one of those entire bags in one sitting when, when he broke his fast for me while I was in India. And so we laughed about that when I came home. I'm like, Sean, are you kidding me? You ate the entire four pound bag of Swedish fish. And he said, yeah, start to finish. I didn't even, I didn't even come up for air because he was so hungry. He felt so weak in the moment. And I was looking this up today, just, just wanting to th- show, show you what happens to our bodies and our, our mental capacity, our emotions, um, when we're in a state of weakness, when we're subjected to uh, a time of testing, really. Um, uh, not, not in the biblical sense of what I talked about earlier, like being proven, but when, when man, we're going through the wilderness, man. We're going through a difficult season. Physically, we we experience less energy. 
reduced heart muscle mass, lower heart rate, blood pressure, headaches, decreased hormone levels, sensitivity to noise and light. Um, Sometimes even when you're fasting, you can feel like you're cold all the time, loss of strength, fatigue, hair loss, dry skin. Those are just some physical things that can happen to you when you're under stress. But socially, I want you to listen to this. There's some social changes that happen on the inside of us. You can feel more critical of others, withdrawn, isolated. You can actually lose your sense of humor. Um, You can start to experience feelings of social inadequacy. Listen, I'm speaking to someone here right now. Neglect of personal hygiene, strained relationships. That, that 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 can be the social effect of being um, in, in, a, in a time of trial, a time of oppression uh, from the evil that, that is in the world, if you will. Emotionally, how about this, this, these symptoms? Depression, anxiety, irritability, increased mood fluctuations, intense negative emotional reaction, decreased enthusiasm, um, Reduced motivation, impaired concentration, problem solving and comprehension, struggles, um, increased rigidity, and uh, obsessional thinking um, combined with reduced alertness. Okay, let's just think about this for a minute because I know I've right there experienced some of that over the last four months. So... In these seasons of weakness, because they may not even be necessarily caused by external evil, but let's just, for the sake of this conversation, this teaching, let's say they are, because that's what Jesus was going into. He was going to experience evil coming at him and putting him to the test. So let's say for the sake of the argument that what's going on right now in the world is is, is is being propagated by evil. It's trying to, to, to test all of humanity, but really put the pressure down on people of faith because we're the ones that actually can bring hope and encouragement to other people. So if we're subjected and we're taken out of the equation, then there's no one to bring the message. Remember Jesus said, I, I am the light of the world, but now you're the light of the world. You're to go and represent me, to represent me to other people. But if you're taken out, if you're sidelined, who's gonna hear? In fact, talks about being uh, the blessed are those that are the feet of those that carry the gospel. Because how can someone believe unless they've heard? How can someone uh, hear unless someone preaches to them? So it's, it's us sharing about Jesus with other people. So what does is, what is evil put to the test? Here, here's what evil puts to the test. It, he puts to the test identity at the end of the day. Identity. I want to say that again. He puts to test identity. Now, in Christ, we should be rooted, established, and grounded in our identity in him. So if we're not, if, if, if in this what was supposed to be a proving uh, moment, if you felt any realms of, of, gosh, man, I just didn't have what I thought I had there, no shame, no condemnation, 
It's just meaning that, hey, we got to go back and revisit that again and make sure that we are rooted firmly. Because you got to remember, I want to take, just kind of lighten the pressure here a little bit because that whole religious pressure comes in sometimes. Jesus had given himself to the scriptures fully, devoted his attention to the scriptures fully from the time he was a little child. In fact, we see one recollection in the word of God where, uh, remember, his parents are looking for Jesus. They can't find him and come to, come, they come to discover that he'd been in the temple the whole time talking about the word of God with some of the most seasoned, skilled, um, trained theologians uh, of the day in, in the Pharisees there. And they were astonished even at a young age of Jesus' ability to understand the scriptures. So he gave himself to that for 30 years, which rooted him, grounded him in his identity. So when this testing came, he proved to have this understanding of who he was in God, in the Father. Does that make sense? So it's an example of what's possible for us. So hey, maybe we, sh- we, we saw some, some holes, if you will, in, in our walk with God, but we don't have to stay there. We can move forward. We can go and increase uh, in that capacity because we actually already carry the fullness of that identity on the inside of us, all right? So it's identity, but it's specifically related to three things, God's provision, God's protection, and God's providence. And I want to just quickly, I don't want to spend much time on this, but, but it, it's important for you to understand and see this because that's when evil came to test Jesus, he hit on not just identity, but for, for identity related to God's provision, his, his pr- protection, and ultimately his providence. So look with me quickly um, for, with God, as it relates to God's provision, number one. It says in Matthew chapter four, verse three, that during that time the devil came and said to him, If you're the son of God, you see, there's the identity statement. He's challenging his identity. And he he comes after him as it relates to provision. Tell these stones to become loaves of bread. So I want you to think about like where you felt lack during this time. And maybe how in that lack, you know, and and the absence of, of... of what, you're, what you needed to feel strong, the, the, how the enemy may have come to you and tried to get you to question your identity and who you really were. Number two, God's protection. Matthew 4, verse 6, and he says, and if you're the son of God, jump off this high point, you know, in the temple. So the Bible promises if you do that, God's gonna protect you. And, and we gotta take note here, like, and because, you know, we're not called to ever test the Lord. I mean, he, he will watch over us and protect us if we're in his will. Now, if Jesus would have listened to Satan, how many of you know that he wouldn't have been in the will of God in that moment? And so he would have been vulnerable in that moment. So, you see, times of pressure, the, the enemy tries to get us to question our identity by getting us to question whether or not God's going to protect us. And, and then, you know, try to trick us into doing things that aren't smart, that aren't wise. You see, we never should be moved by the voice of the enemy, only by the voice of the Father. So if God says, hey, I want you to run into this plague and go pray for people, you go do it. But you never run into something 
any, put yourself in harm's way if you're being tempted or tested by the enemy because he's questioning your identity. And I see oftentimes as the church, we, are, we often uh, react in, in moments like this to that voice versus the voice of God. Does that make sense? God's, God's protection. And then lastly, this is the big one, and we're going to wrap up with this. God's providence. Because he tells, he tells Jesus, remember, all, I, I have power over all, all of the kingdoms of the world, which he did because he had usurped that from man. And Jesus, the second or the last Adam, had come to actually re-take back that authority and then hand it off to his church. You see, Adam had been given that authority in the garden. Satan usurped his authority by beguiling him, right? We know the whole story. Now Satan had dominion or authority over the earth. All the kingdoms of the world were his. But Jesus came in the providence of God to come and get it back. But Satan was trying to question Jesus' authority and get him out of God's timing by saying, hey, listen, I'll give it all to you now. I'll give it over to you. Knowing that he was already probably going to get it if, he, if, if Jesus defeated Satan. If you'll kneel down and worship me. Listen, hear me out. This moment, the enemy wants us to kneel down and worship him just to get this whole thing over. And there, I believe there's so much pressure that's being brought right now that, that, that if we're not rooted in our identity... Our understanding, even amidst evil coming and trying to oppress us, that ultimately, listen, please hear me, we will see the providence of God rest upon our lives and rest upon the church to see victory come. You see, Jesus knew that he was already going to be handed all the authority to the kingdoms of the world that he was going to give to us so that we could go and, 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 and you know, see the kingdom of God come, his will of God be done on the earth, starting one by one with our own lives, right? And so the temptation here was to step out of timing under the pressure. Now, I want to just show you something uh, quickly as we, as we wrap this up. Because we have to understand this. In, in a time of testing or weakness, we don't just rise to that moment. We default to what we know. And that's where the scriptures come in. I'm not, and I'm not trying, talking about legalistic reading of the Bible. I'm talking about really knowing and understanding the word of God and the will of God, especially as it relates to our personal identity, for his, God's provision for us, for his um, protection, and ultimately his providence with the things that he's called um, to do in and through us in this time. So, I want to show you the scripture. This is powerful. I've never seen this before. Um, we need to understand in, in times like this that, man, being able to understand God's word is his, is his portion for us. This is actually these times are, especially, like, think about it. If the, like back in the early church when the apostles came under great persecution, the rest of the church was scattered. But it says that those people went and continued to minister preached the word of God everywhere they went. So they, they didn't, please hear this rightly, they needed those apostolic leaders in their life to help equip them in the word. You know, and, and later the, the apostles would reassemble and they would continue their equipping. So equipping is not bad. It's just do you make that 
uh, your sole source for how you understand the word of God? Or are you like the wise and noble Bereans that you take what's been shared and you go and study it yourself to see if it's so? And you're actually in being equipped in the word of the Lord, you're being equipped on how to actually study it yourself because you're, you're, you're familiar with it as someone unfolds the word um, like I'm doing this morning. But in Luke chapter six, gosh, I gotta hurry here, um, verses one through five, there was a Sabbath day and Jesus, it says in verse one, was walking through some of the grain fields and his disciples broke off some of the heads of grain, rubbed off the husks in their hands and they ate the grain. But some of the Pharisees in verse two, they said, why are you breaking the law by harvesting the grain on the Sabbath? Now they were, they were coming at Jesus and his followers for breaking the Sabbath law, right? So in verse three, Jesus says, haven't you read the scriptures? What David did, now I want you to see the parallel, the prophetic parallel in the imagery here. When, what David did when he and his companions were hungry. Now I'm, I'm not talking about food here, okay? So forget the whole fasting stuff that we were talking about earlier. I'm talking about hungry for the word, all right? Because the biggest famine right now in the land, in the world, is the word of God. And you need to hear me in that. It's the word of God. It's people understanding the word of God, rightly being able to apply the word of God to their situation, especially related again to their provision, their protection, and the providence of God over their life. And it says, they said, when David, verse Jesus said, when David was hungry with his companions, verse four, they went into the house of God, broke the law by eating the sacred loaves of bread that, listen to this, only the priests can eat. And he gave this to some of his companions. Now listen, if you look historically at the church after about 300 AD, there was, a, there was an angle that the enemy brought against believers and begin to dupe them, beguile them, thinking that, hey, only priests were able to adequately read, study, and interpret the word of God. In fact, even at one point in human history, you know, services were being held in, 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 in Latin, you know, that, that was a language that people didn't even understand. So the word of God was being taught to them, and they couldn't even understand the, the, the word because it wasn't even being taught in their language. I mean, that's how far this thing got. And so the enemy is trying to uh, get us to think that, hey, maybe this isn't really my place to, to understand the word of God and be able to study it for myself and be able to grab a hold of it when I need it, especially in a moment of testing. Because ultimately, this testing, even though it's painful and it's exhausting, when we understand the word of God and we're holding not to our own strength, not to our own abilities, not to our own power, not to anything that we have and we actually come to the end of ourselves like Jesus voluntarily submitted himself to in that 40 day fast, the only thing he had was the word of God. And he, if you look at it, he responded, the scriptures say, to the devil. The scriptures say, the scriptures say, the scriptures say, and he took took the perverted context in which the enemy was bringing the scriptures and he brought the proper context because he knew it in his heart. He knew it. He'd given himself over to it. So Luke chapter four, here's gonna be your homework. I want you to study out Luke chapter four, verse 14 through 21, because when he comes out of the wilderness, man, things start breaking loose in his ministry. And then it says, when he returns to Nazareth, the village of Nazareth, um, this is verse 16 in chapter four, it's his boyhood home. Think about it like this. 
it's the place where if anybody's going to question who Jesus is, it's going to be there. Hey, we knew you when you were a kid. Who are you saying you're the son of God and you know the word of the Lord and you're coming now to bring the kingdom of heaven? It's that place of the questioning of Jesus' identity. And it's so profound to me that as he goes into the synagogue and he opens up the Torah to that day's reading, he turns to Isaiah 61. You've heard it. The spirit of the sovereign Lord is upon me. He has anointed me to bring good news to the poor, those that have need of God. Can you see that? That are in places of weakness. He sent me to proclaim to them that the captives are going to be released. So this is the word of God coming to them. That the blind will see, the oppressed will be set free. And that the time of the Lord's favor, verse 19 in chapter 4, has come. And then he rolls the scroll back up and he hands it back over to the attendant. And then he says to them, and I love this boldness, he says, this day, that scripture has been fulfilled in your midst. This day. In other words, I know who I am. You all are living under a shadow of death right now and God has sent me to bring you the word of the Lord. And that word is not only coming out of my lips, but it's coming out of my heart. It's coming out out of the essence of who I am because I am, talking about the Son of God, rooted in my identity in the Father. He will protect me Come on, somebody's got to hear this, please. He will protect me. He will provide for me. And he will providentially see the call of God that he's put on my life, whatever that may be, come to pass as I continue to navigate with him relationally. Some questions as you ponder what's been taught today. Just three, but I want you to have a conversation with your spouse, family, friends, whoever you, you may feel led to do that with. But let's not just be hearers of the word. Let's be doers. Here's the questions. What would you say, knowing the scriptures personally, is, I'm sorry, would you say that knowing the scriptures personally is a priority in your life right now? No condemnation on that, so be honest. And why or why not? Like really knowing the scriptures. I'm not talking about, you know, just going through a daily devotional to do the the Bible study checklist. I'm talking about knowing the word of God. Is that a priority? Why or why not? Be honest. Number two, um, based on the example of Jesus we studied today, how successful have you been in navigating this current season of testing? Because I do believe this has been evil coming and trying to wear us out in this time. No doubt for me, no question. Um, In the providence of God, we've been allowed to walk through this. God did not bring it, but we've been allowed to walk through it, which again, deep theological concept there, we'll tackle another time. But I believe it's to prove forth what we actually carry or get us to at least say, hey, there's some stuff in me I haven't seen fully manifest yet that God has given to me through my salvation that, man, he wants to fully bring forth. And last question, during a time of testing, What is your personal state of weakness? Or where have you been? Or where do you find yourself like in those times of testing where you default to, man, this is where I really feel weak. And how has your understanding of the scriptures equipped you to break out of remaining stuck in that place? Because you see, ultimately, he doesn't want us 
defaulting back to what we know, but he wants us rising to what we know. Okay? This is where he's taking us. So Holy Spirit, as we conclude this time and we go back into worship, Lord, the battlefield of the mind that's raging right now in believers and in the earth on many levels, some minor, some more major, God, would you come and would you just give us a hunger like Jesus had, a hunger like David and his men had for the word of God where we can eat of it and truly be satisfied. We love you, Lord. We worship you. Listen, we're going to get there. God's for us. He's protecting us. He's providing for us. He will finish the work that he began in us. I love you guys.
Thanks for tuning in to the Harbor Church Podcast. I hope that you were enriched, inspired, and blessed by what you heard. Please subscribe on the podcast app and be sure to follow us on Instagram, YouTube, Facebook, and Twitter. You can also download our Harbor Church mobile app. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you next time.